five. We don't want to be pulled over. Affirmative. No, 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 no. You gotta listen to the way people talk. You don't say affirmative or some shit like that. You say, no problemo. And if someone comes off to you with an attitude, you say, eat me. And if you want to shine them on, it's hasta la vista, baby. Hasta la vista, baby. Yeah, or later, dickwad. And if someone gets upset, you say, chill out. Or you could do combinations. Chill out, dickwad. That's great. See, you're getting it. No problemo. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Red Street Movie Podcast, the podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my co-host, friend, and the person most likely to have a weapons cache near the border of Mexico, Alex Perkins. Perk, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm well. Um, I thought you were going to go for, like, the most, per- or most likely person to be back. <laughs> um, and we don't you are, talk- you are back. <laughs> we don't talk about the weapons cache. Yeah, yeah. Keep it on download. But I, I know any something happens, Burke, you're out of here. You know, one one yeah. more straw breaks and you're oh yeah heading down there. I've got contingencies. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Uh, this is the show where every week Perk and I review a movie that is somehow connected to the last one we watched. We post every Friday on podcast services. And if you like our show, tell your friends about it. Share it and uh, watch the movies with us. This it might be our last episode of the year. Maybe not. We're going to try to record one more that is a retrospective on the podcast and talking about the movies we watched uh, so far. Uh, but these will be the last movies to talk about this year for sure. Um, and we did something a little special. We did a double feature here following Arnold Schwarzenegger from Total Recall last week to Terminator and Terminator 2, because Perk had never seen it before, so I'm very excited to discuss this. But Perk, why don't you intro these for us? I'm not sure how you want to do it. I'll leave it to you. Uh, yeah, alright. So, uh, Terminator and Terminator 2 is a uh, uh, James Cameron joint uh, mm-hmm. it's so hard when there's two of them uh, from 1984 and 1991 respectively uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton mm-hmm. uh, and they're about evil robot from the future yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah pre- up. pretty much boiled down <laughs> uh, there are a couple fun facts uh, I just went for fun facts from Terminator 2 and I'll I'll explain why a little later but um the guy who plays the T-1000 uh, had a huge, like, workout regime to get practiced at just breathing through his nose and, and running so that he could <laughs> look as if he's, you know, running full speed and not really breaking the sweat. And yeah. uh, at, at the end of filming, he was actually in such good shape that he could pretty easily keep up with the kid's dirt bike. Like, I, <laughs> that's, I, that's nuts. I know. I, I assume that that was just, like... <clears throat> Like they were, you know, magic of film and whatnot. Yeah, but man, it was actually off, just man. cooking. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the production of this movie took Terminator Two took so mm. long that the kid grew significantly mm. uh, to the point where, in one scene, they had to have him stand in a hole when he was next to Linda <laughs> Hamilton for uh, continuity's sake. That's funny. Um, and then. This one got me. Linda Hamilton's twin sister played her when there were two Sarah Connors on the screen. I heard, which, I heard about that one, which is pretty cool. No, because I didn't. I didn't notice at all. They yeah. they looked exactly the same. So I, I heard. I, cool. I also heard that the the security guard who like the guy who was getting the coffee and then yeah. that was his twin also. Oh, that, cool! <laughs> that like kills him or whatever. Back That's in the cool. days when you actually had to find another person who looked like yeah. them. Yeah, crazy. Exactly. <laughs> very fun uh yeah. all right so get into this perk you had never seen it before uh yeah never seen it either never seen any terminator so i have my main question is well two questions one did you watch them back to back or was it you know one night for one one night for the other and there two, was what do you think there was time between it was not a it was not a marathon okay um and as for my my thoughts uh terminator one it's fine mm-hmm. it's solid it's good. Uh, n- not outstanding. I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't wowed really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Terminator Two, outstanding. Uh, I yeah. certainly was wowed. That mm-hmm. the movie's fantastic. Yeah, I, I would agree. But I, what's interesting is I think I mean Terminator Two. Yeah, as, as in my opinion, way 
way better and more of my favorite. But, like, the reason Terminator 2 is so good is because of Terminator 1. Like, there's so many callbacks that are just really fun and, I think, really amplify Terminator 2. And I think Terminator 1 is still, like, a pretty solid movie, like you said. And it's, it's really more of a horror movie, like, kind of the way it's structured uh, with, you know, Arnold being the, the monster that's chasing them around. Yeah. Um, but, like, the juxtaposition of Sarah Connor in the first one versus the second one and, like, seeing how her character arc is and just how she reacts to Arnold the first time she sees him again. Like, Terminator 2 isn't good without Terminator 1, in my opinion. And I think the two work together so well. But, yeah, all of the payoffs of Terminator 2 are just freaking awesome. And the T-1000 is incredibly menacing and super fun to watch. Um. Yeah, I think... Uh... The second one definitely it, it's like it like builds off a spine that is the first one and mm-hmm. just like a an idea canon setup. Um, but uh, I I think you mentioned Linda Hamilton or uh, what what Sarah, Sarah Connors Connor. yeah her arc I I I don't know I think her arc kind of happens in the meanwhile like in the in the first movie I didn't actually I didn't think she was a fantastic character I think she's she was kind of damselly for the most part up until mm-hmm. the very end and then in the second one she's like a hardened commando and mm-hmm. uh i don't think that's a problem i'm just uh I, i'm saying I, I much preferred the portrayal of sarah connor in the second movie right and yeah i probably shouldn't use the word the, the term arc because yeah, we don't see the growth but i just it's it's unexpected right like the yeah, first yeah. time you see her in two she's like doing pull-ups yeah. she's absolutely yoked you yep. know in this mental hospital it's like oh shit like this is sarah connor now i mean it's been 10 years um since the first one in, in universe um mm-hmm. and it's just like oh this is cool this is shocking and then uh, okay so did you know that arnold was good in the second one was that spoiled for you yes okay and it's you can probably kind of guess it too even if you didn't know but i wish like whenever time i saw it i didn't know that he was you know good because i mean sure they do a pretty good job of like hiding it i mean it's not perfect but um, that whole lead up before they eventually see each other and, and fight, I think it's really cool. Um, yeah, I think uh, I don't remember. I think it's just one of those things where just over the years, I I knew yeah, that his pop culture. You know, is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he comes back, and I I so much prefer the the Terminator or whatever the T one hundred or whatever he is eight hundred. I think yeah, yeah, in the second movie. Mm-hmm. Because he's just such a great character and a cool yeah. like uh, foil to bounce off of, and mm-hmm. just a lot of fun. And it's cool that he's on the good guy's side, and super likable, almost like an underdog, even though he's literally a, a killing machine. But yeah, yeah. but he, he becomes likable, and he's just oh, like kind of a, I want to say like teddy bear, which is not the character. But he's just I don't know. He's very lovable. And like he's you enjoy seeing him kind of grow a little bit. No, and you and know what? Uh, Arnold. It's fantastic at playing a robot. <laughs> this is the perfect role for Arnold. I know it's just it's just <laughs> dialed in because you know he's yeah. not exactly a dynamic actor, mm-hmm. but he literally just has to play a robot, and he's absolutely perfect for it. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, let's let's go back to Terminator One for a second. Let's just yeah, yeah, yeah. go through Bring that it now. One. Yeah, sure. Um, so. Some of the effects are a little bit iffy. They're they're bad, Jacob. But I mean, the movie had like no budget, so like I know I, I can't knock it too much. Like for what the budget they had, I think it's still pretty impressive. But like comparing like the Arnold mask in this movie's like Total Recall, like night and day, right? Like when he's in the room like working on himself. Though granted, yeah. when he popped his eyeball out, I was like, ooh, that's still like was gross. Right. Um, but seeing that stuff is like not not great. Um. Yeah. The I, like. I know it's a, it's a sign of the times, and you're telling me there. I didn't know there was a low budget, but it makes sense that there would be. Mm-hmm. It's an unproven concept, but um, the effects, oh dear. <laughs> Mo- most of the time, you know, they, they get away with it, but like... The They're scene, pretty creative with their shots to try to hide some stuff. Yeah, definitely. The scene where he's in the mirror, like, with, yeah. with his eye coming apart, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger turns to toward the mirror and then there's like a jump cut and all of a sudden it's Arnold puppet. Yeah. <laughs> and oh boy is it ever Arnold puppet. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that that kind of stuff it uh it, it pulls you out of it <clears throat> quite a bit. 
And I, I mean, like, at the time, you know, even though, I, like, even at the time, I mean, Star Wars had been out for, like, a decade when that movie came out. Um, and then uh, the, <laughs> the, at the, you know what? I always appreciate animation. But when, when at the end, uh, when he's gone full robot mode yeah, and it's like the, literally the claymation, yeah. yeah, stop motion. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, this is the this is the same quality as like the 1930s King Kong. <laughs> like, like, oh dear, I yeah, it, I thought it was you know I I can appreciate how hard it was and mm-hmm. you know for the time it's it's not that bad, but good lord. <laughs> Yeah, it does. Like, I think it does take literally away. looks like they're being chased by like an action figure. Yeah, and I think it, yeah, it does take away a little bit of like the the fear. Um, but I I think for the most part they do a pretty good job with like hiding stuff, and there are still some really dope scenes. Like oh yeah, this I mean I wrote down in my notes like, am I happy about how easy it is to get guns in America? No. Is the gearing up scene badass? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. goes in the gun shop and he's like, "Yo, this one, this, this, this one, all of them." You know, like, come on, like it's hype as hell. <laughs> no, definitely. You know, we love a good uh, micro Uzi nine millimeter. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of uh, Kyle Reese? I thought he was good. I thought I thought the actor put in a good a good turn. I think yeah. uh, actually, I think both of the lead uh, or semi lead performances are are pretty good. Um, his character has is kind of lacking in depth, but I mean, mm-hmm. he's kind of just there to serve a purpose. And right, the uh, the, the the twist, I, I guessed immediately. Yeah. <laughs> he's the dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Because I think I think immediate, like right when they're like one of their first conversations, it's like, "Who's his dad? Never met him." It's like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, well, you are the dad." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not not too coy with that one, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I liked their dynamic. I think they had good chemistry. Yeah, no, I, I liked them for the most part. Too. I think he was overacting a little bit in a couple scenes. Yeah, but, but he, he does feel sincere. You know? He does feel sincere, and I, I hope you guys see his face. I'm like, is that Sebastian Stan? Okay, no, it's not. But like, he was giving me some Sebastian Stan vibes with how he looked. I I couldn't have told you. I he just looked incredibly familiar, and I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might it might be that honestly. Yeah, it's it's some like shots. I'm like, man, he looks a lot like him. But I thought that Linda Hamilton played the like cowering or just like being scared super well. Like when he's like grabbing her and being like really intense, she's like freaking out. And like I thought she played that fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, I agree. Mean, yeah, she did a great job. Um, she, no, she's she's great. I I actually I know nothing else that she's in other than the Terminator movies. Yeah, me either. Um, maybe we can look into that for yeah. some some point down the road. But she's great. No, she she kills it. I think, uh, like the first movie, you're right. She does the damsel pretty well, but then mm-hmm. she turns it around into a little bit badass at the end, which is a little foreshadowing toward the future. Mm-hmm. There's a couple cringe one-liners. Uh, the get on your feet, soldier. I was like, oof, you have yeah, not earned that yet. <laughs> no, that was a a very tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, just on the topic of one-liners, I thought it was so funny how flippantly the I'll be back was, was thrown. Cause I'll be back. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the, the iconic yeah. line, right? Yeah. And he just, he's talking to a teller. Yeah. And the teller's <laughs> like, oh, you can't come in. He's like, I'll be back. And I'm like, wait, that was it? Yeah. But then he <laughs> drives his car through the he, front. He blasts his car through the front of the building and it's like, yeah, okay. But I was just. I was so lost. I, I like, agree. It is, it, I wonder if the I'll be back got all the popularity from yeah. one or two. Because he says it in two also. Well, may, maybe what happened is it like it built up as a catchphrase after people saw the movie or something like that. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. he said he has so few lines, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, now we'll, we'll get to two in a second. But like just things that they repeat in two. But like it was really cool in one when we first see that, that he can mimic people's voices. Right? Yeah, yeah. And we get like the like honestly, insanely smart. He went to Sarah Connor's mom's house and called from there as like killed her mom, you know. Yeah, yeah. We don't see it, but you know, it's assumed. So and got her voice and then called from there to try to get the info and like Yeah, it, it's creepy, man. And they do a good job with like his kind of skill set and just 
him being a force that just cannot be stopped, right? Yeah, I think it. Uh, the The first movie is it's simple, and the plot is not very convoluted, despite the premise being insane. Right. Uh, it's just like they're getting tracked down; they're on the run. Big bad coming after a big bad monster, and it's. Mm-hmm. But it's executed well, and the yeah, you're right. the The details are great. Like, there's a lot of little things built in that are just kind of fun. Yeah, and I also really love the scene where Calrissian is getting interrogated by the psychiatrist or whatever his job title is, and like that's because we don't really get exposition until like a, a bit into the movie, which I appreciate. Like, we get like the initial like paragraph of like in the future, blah, blah, blah. Right, right, but right. they kind of hold out for a while telling us, like, okay, what's actually going on? Which, I appreciate that restraint. Because a lot of movies would just set that right off the bat. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you. I, I like, you know, I like a little mystery. Uh, a little, you know, like, the, it's almost like a cold open where they kind of mm-hmm. just let, let you get your bearings as the characters do, which is kind of mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, and they let other characters ask the questions we're asking, like the doctor being like, well, why didn't you bring any weapons with you through the time travel machine? He's like, it's only organic. And he's like, how did Terminator get through? Well, he has an organic skin. And it's like, it does feel like a psychotic episode, right? But yeah. it's not. And, you know. No, and they, they actually they use some of those uh, interrogation type scenes to explain away plot holes, which is yep. pretty clever. I, I yep. like that. Yeah, I dug it. And then, yeah, we get the final kind of big action scene, which that you think he's dead, and then he's not, and then you think he's dead, and then he's not. <laughs> and it's almost one too many, but I do like the final kill of oh, the yeah. ha- top half Tremere chasing her, her legs fucked up, and gets her through, and she finally, you know, kills him. And then how they, so let's jump to two now, how they explain away what happened, and I explain away, but like, okay, yeah, why is she in a mental hospital? Didn't they find the Terminator body? Nope, that company she was in, the robotic facility grabbed it and is using it for research. Like, that is so clever to, like, yeah, yeah. get to this really cool spot where we open in two. Um, no, I agree with you. I think, uh, also, like, this is, this comes back in the second movie in a different way, but the, the like, assembly factory is just such a great setting for an yeah. action set piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, it comes back in the second movie because, a foundry is just yeah. the absolute best <laughs> so setting cool. for an action set. It's like, because yeah, it could have happened in like a field or a skyscraper like Die Hard, which is also fun in its own way. But it's like, you know what? No, we're doing a like a car or a computer assembly factory because it's yeah. it's on brand. The robots are on topic. And mm-hmm. I, I, thought, I thought it was super cool. That whole final scene is just fun. It's awesome, man. Um so yeah, so we get the two, and I love how they mirror the intro, right? And we have Arnold coming in in another alley with trash around like he was in the first one. Yep. And we get the human-looking character, the T-1000, gets, it runs into the police immediately, like in the first one. Right. Uh, but has a different tactic. We'll see, at, and sorry to interrupt, but the yeah. uh, that's one of those things where if you don't know that he's a good guy... Yep. Uh, like, I knew he was a good guy, so I noticed that he was specifically not killing people yeah um and then but if you don't if you don't know he's a good guy you you think uh oh arnold's back like <laughs> so yeah yeah I, uh, if, you, if you mirror right? in the first movie he literally punches a guy through the stomach yeah immediately he takes a dude's heart out he's done and then two yeah he goes in the biker bar which like he still threw a guy onto a an oven or a, like a grill, a which is like yeah. intense. But yeah, you, you notice he's, but he's also not opposed to killing people as we find out later in the movie. No, um, but it's not as brutal. So we don't completely hate him immediately. Right. right. And then I love how he, he grabs, he gets his shotgun right away. And that shotgun is what every shotgun reload in this movie is badass. Dude. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, the, way, the way he like goes for like the, the swing around, like spiral load of the yes of the shotgun it's, it's so badass dude it's Everyone's so goofy and fun um yeah then they both track down john connor and we also get introduced to john and the kid is fine we talked about this podcast before kid actor is not always the best i think he's fine he serves his purpose and he endears you to arnold i think he's not good i it's <laughs> okay so he has it almost like polar moments he goes between 
terrible, cringe, looks like he's reading off a screen, almost like, is he dubbed? What is going on? (laughs) To, like, some of the more, like, tender emotional moments, he actually plays pretty well, so I... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how you can you can get a performance out of this kid in some scenes that are so heavy and then have just like random dialogue scenes where it sounds like they hit play on a tape recorder and, and that's what's coming over the dialogue. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think he actually is good in those emotional moments with, with Linda Hamilton. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, when he's like teaching Arnold like the lingo, like that scene needs to happen and it's paid off later and like. Thankfully, right. the payoff is via Arnold. But, like, and he's like, yeah, you got to say, you know, hasta la visa, baby. And it's like, all right. Like, <laughs> this feels a little, this feels a little cringe. But, well, but, you, it's worth you know, it. we, and if you're watching the movie for the first time, he's never said hasta la visa, baby. So, mm-hmm. but, at, you know, it's, it's actual just foreshadowing. Whereas we see it as cringe because obviously it's do the line, Bart. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I do appreciate as far as like a character, and we get to see like the skill set John Connor has. It's cool to see like, oh yeah, she was training him, and we get later we find out like, oh yeah, they were going all over different countries. Anybody that they could find that could teach them skills that could be useful for the future, right? And yeah. kind of telling us, but without showing up, the exposition of like he's had a pretty shit childhood, um, right? For more than one reason, um, um, and they have a. Uh just a couple little tidbits um mm-hmm. there's they do the same thing that happened in uh total recall where <laughs> there is exactly one gadget that is ever set up and of course <laughs> it pays off in the finale where he has the the thing he uses to hack the atm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's literally the only gadget we see over the course of the entire movie uh but then of course oh it's locked i don't know the code anymore <laughs> jokes okay, on you I actually did not like that because I like at the beginning showing it just to give characterization for, for John Connor that he has a skill, right. right? But then at the end, it didn't make any sense because it's like all of the codes have been locked down. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I can. Like, except for this. There one. should be no codes that work. It's not like right. they changed the code. It's like the building is locked down. Whatever. They, they got the yeah, yeah, but it, It's fine. Um, and then uh, uh, where were we? I'm lost. Oh, they're, they're, they're finding John. So they go to the mall or whatever. And yeah, you got yeah, go, go T one thousand being a freaking cop and just asking random people if yeah. they've seen John. I appreciate his friend's not a narc though. He asks his friend, he's like, "Nope, never oh, yeah. seen this dude." You know, and he's like, "Get the hell out of here." Um, <laughs> but then we get the dope scene in the hallway where yep. they face each other, and Arnold pulls the shotgun out of the bouquet of flowers and just you know pops them. Freaking and cool. in uh, in classic fashion, as as we watched in Total Recall, just there's just some bystander that just gets absolutely chopped up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> destroyed he did not need to get like i feel like the only real kills that we've seen in the last couple weeks have just been like janitor yeah. who just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time just absolutely wrecked yeah because we sure. we need some gore in here and the main guys are robots so i guess we got to kill some bystanders mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but yeah let me get the whole chase the whole chase with john on the bike and Arnold on the motorcycle and T-1000 in the cop car, I think. But he switches to, like, a truck later. Yeah. But it's just awesome. Well, it's it's fun, but that scene overstayed its welcome for me. Yeah, it, it, is, was, it is a little it was, long. Yeah. It was too long. Um, but it was still super fun. And, you know, the climactic explosion and then just Metal Man's just like, nah, it's fine, bro. Yeah. Which, his effects look good, I thought. Oh, you know what? Yeah, let, let's discuss this because yeah. clearly, whatever it is, like, eight years... Mm-hmm. Uh, seven years. Huge difference. The effects in this movie are great. Yeah. Uh, the the I mean the special effects you can tell that it's the nineties, but they look so good in comparison yeah. to the to the last movie. Other than a couple scenes, uh, like when they jump into the foundry and like the nitrogen truck explodes, Arnold like dives away, and mm. the green screen is terrible, and it's mm. it's that. Shot sticks out like a sore thumb, but for the most part, the CG, especially the CG on the Terminator, yeah, incredible. really good. Uh, and then the practical effects are also just really good. Uh, and I know you're effects guys, so you should look mm-hmm. into the background on. Or maybe I don't know if it's the background, but I I know I've I've seen the scene before the the dream of the nuclear explosion mm-hmm. when Sarah mm-hmm. Connors. Uh, yeah. 
like her face is melting and she's holding onto the fence and then yeah, the blast hits and her whole all of her flesh is mm-hmm. gone and it's a skeleton. That scene was so <laughs> cool. Yeah. It's like and you know, like for the time that it looks so good. Yeah, it's, that's freaking oh, awesome. Such a such an intense scene. Really, really well done from a from a effects standpoint. It's super yeah. cool. Yeah, I know I know Corridor Crew did a breakdown Terminator a while ago. I won't go back and rewatch it, but I know for the T one thousand specifically, so in between these two movies, James Cameron made the movie The Abyss. Uh Have you seen which that? I haven't seen. Oh, but I know there's a, a character that is has a fluid yes. thing kinda of similar. So that once he made the abyss, he knew he had the tech. And he was able to make... I think he had the idea for this character a long time. He wanted to put... No, I remember. He wanted to put the T-1000 in Terminator 1. But they're like, we don't got the effects or the budget. So then he made the Abyss, figured out the tech, and then he's like, all right, Terminator 2, we we got him. And I think my my favorite shot might be when he he walks through the bars in the the hospital, the prison bars. So cool. So freaking awesome, dude. Um, But yeah, and then we get... So whatever, that whole scene. And I want to talk about the scene where... They call his foster parents' house, and it's the two T one thousands battling of you know who's fake and who you know. Yeah, yeah, the the two Terminators. Yeah. Ah, oh, I love that scene. It's such an elevation from the first movie. How's Wolfie? Oh, Wolfie's fine, honey. Got him. <laughs> your parents are dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, like your foster parents are dead, and yeah, we get the off camera of T one thousand just spearing the dad. It had head. to be. It had to be through the milk carton. Yep. <laughs> it had to be. I, I love it. That scene's so awesome. It's so terrifying. Um, <laughs> yeah, then we get to yeah break out Sarah Connor. And just, like, everything in this hospital is just freaking cool, man. Like, she's yes. such a badass now. And you see, like, the abuse that she's been under. Yeah. Oh, the... The lick, yeah. The lick. The lick oh. guy. Bleh. Fucking horrible. And Did he this, die? Like, I forget. No. She, 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 she whacked him and him put him out. in the closet, yeah. I think, yeah. I'm um, mad that the warden didn't die. Yeah, or, but kind of again, a theme of this movie is not killing people. So yeah, but he can die. That's fine. Yeah, but I do like we get the same psychiatrist from the first movie, and he's like profiting off of her. Oh, that's funny. Um, going like showing the students around, like, hey, look at this crazy lady. You know, she believes this is anything. Um, but yeah, it just I love her breaking out on her own when she finds out that Arnold's back. Like, sees the pictures. And there's something about just her walking around with that, like, baton that just looks badass as hell. It does. It looks so good. <laughs> and she's just, like, springing around on, on the balls of her feet. And she's just yeah. in action mode. And Yeah. Once and again, she's... fantastic setting for a set piece. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And she when she's holding the guy hostage with the Drano on the syringe, like, yeah, so it's cool. Great. Um, and uh, the the scene when, when Arnold and John yeah. show up. Yeah, and she is so taken aback that she doesn't even notice her own son. It's just yeah. Linda it's Hamilton knocks it out of the park. That scene is so good. Like the horror in her face is just perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love that. It just it shows so much about her character, right, and how much like trauma she experienced in the first movie. Yep. Um, but I think you know once she's John, she realizes like okay, there's something else going on. Or else John would be dead if this was the same Terminator, right? right? Yep. Um. But I love, like, right after that, her and Arnold is working together, man. They both She grabs, like, his pistol out of his holster and it's, like, helping him yeah. fight. And we, I, I don't know why I love it so much, but when they're running away in the car and they're passing the guns back to John to reload yeah. and they're, like, trading off, like, that's just, oh, it's so, it is, it tells so much about it, these, these characters. It is fun. And it, yeah, it's another thing where it's like they, they don't really just tell it to you, but you know about the back, the upbringing yeah. that John's had. So obviously he knows how to, handle a weapon and stuff like yeah. that yeah. um there is a i i i took notes this time jacob hell yeah i took exactly two notes one of them <laughs> one of them was the dream nuke scene mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. one was in the car when they the t-1000 gives up and they get away mm-hmm. and sarah Connor's like oh my god come here and goes in yeah. for the hug but it's not a hug. Yeah. He, she's checking him for wounds. Yeah. But John thinks it's a hug. Yeah. That scene is so good. It is such a good moment. And everyone in it plays it so well. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. just the, the facial expressions of like uh, on John. when He's like 
thinking like, oh my God, you know, she, she remembers I'm a thing. She, give yeah. me a hug. And it's like, oh, and he goes in just ready for love. And then it's like, yeah. nah, this, this ain't about love. This is about the future. Yeah. You got to make uh, sure you don't die. Cause yeah. And, and, she's, the, and, she, and then she's like, you shouldn't have come and got me. Like that was stupid. Yeah, you shouldn't have done yeah. that. You know? Yeah. And the, the way that they, over the course of the movie, they build back towards a loving relationship is, is mm-hmm. super cool and really well established and really well built throughout. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and, and you also have the Arnold arc of it. He's like, what is wrong with your eyes? Yeah, yeah. And, it's like, and then at the end, you get the now I, know, I see now why, why you cry. cry. Yeah, 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 it's like, come on, come on, Arnold. Um, but yeah, and then you know we get the whole scene at the weapon and the weapons cache place with uh, Uncle. What's the guy's name? I don't remember. But we get kind of John and Arnold bonding. I love how he gets the minigun, just like smiles, like yeah, you yeah. Know, come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be a minigun. And uh, Linda's, or yeah, Sarah Connor's like, oh, like, Arnold's like an actual good dad. Okay. Like the best dad that John has had. We've run into one of my only gripes. The weird use of voiceover narration. Because she uses it. It's Sarah Connor narrating at the very start, talking yep. about, like, the future. Yep. And then randomly when they're in the desert, it's like, maybe he's the best dad of all. Mm-hmm. And then she has some narration at the very end. It's like, yeah, wait, <laughs> like what? What do you? What do you mean? Like, the, first of all, the him being a good dad—that's actually something that like, you can just get if you're just watching the movie. You can just infer that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's just such a weird use because it's not like there's constant narration throughout the movie. It's like it's beginning and end, and then just like randomly one scene where she's like. And that's when I realized that he was a better dad than all the other dads. It's like, what? yeah, what? I, I, I feel you on that. I think, yeah, I don't mind the beginning and end ones because it's that happens the, a the, lot. The change, right? Yeah, I think maybe instead of her doing a voiceover, we get instead a scene where maybe John has like a scar on like his leg or something. Arnold asks him about it, and he implies like, oh, maybe like a previous stepdad type figure like hit him or because like. Sarah Connor says that in her monologue. She's like, oh, this is a person that won't get drunk and hit him or anything like that. So they maybe could have delivered a little bit more eloquently. Um, uh, so yeah, I hear what you're saying. You've reminded me. Um, in the future, doesn't John Connor have a scar on his face? Did they? He might. So they showed him. I, yeah, they showed him I, one I feel shot. like they showed him and he had a scar on his face. And I, at the time, I was like, oh, uh, interesting. I'm sure we're going to see how that happened. Mm. But then they, they didn't pay that off. Yeah, maybe it was maybe more that, to show just like war torn yeah. he is and right, he's right, been right. in the shit. Yeah, one, one thing I thought for sure was gonna get paid off this movie is we already mentioned it, but the scene where they get away from the T one thousand and John grabs that last little piece of the claw and like throws it on the street. You know? Oh yeah. I thought like oh he touched him so now he can mimic John. Oh, and, I hadn't I think, thought of that. I think it doesn't work though because John's too small and he's like has to be the same like size. Right, right, right. But I was oh. like oh he touched him. You know, although he, he does. Thing. He does get to be a floor at one point, so that is the, true. The, the rules are loose. <laughs> hey, he can. That's that's about the same size, you know. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a puddle. Um, but yeah, then we're pretty much getting into the whole Dyson stuff, which I also think the scene where she almost kills him and then doesn't, and she like kind of breaks down, is really fantastic good. as well. And then John comes in and helps her out. Um, quick tie back. Uh, we, uh, I, I think maybe. John Connor got the scar because he got scratched by a cat. Mm. That's a Captain Marvel joke, everybody. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. So the super emotional scene where she goes to kill Dyson but can't go through with it because she ain't like that, yo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I I love that they told Dyson like, yo, here's what's gonna happen. Like you, here's what your work is going to do. And she's like, that's not a voiceover, I guess. But she's like, he took it pretty well, <laughs> and that that was fine. But um, getting into yeah, this, this the whole climax this movie where they go and they go into Dyson Systems or whatever, and they yeah, to blow everything up. And all all of that is just so freaking cool. I <laughs> Arnold just straight kneecapping people. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's he's good. Like, <laughs> he's like, you can't kill anybody. He's like, okay, boom, boom, paralyze him for life. Um, no, and there, there was some good attention to detail too in the final uh, action set piece when 
you know, like you can clearly see he's shooting the minigun at their toes and yep, at the cars and stuff. Yeah, there's a there's a good shot where like it's an over the shoulder of the grenade launcher, mm-hmm. and he's aiming it at a at a cop car, but you can see clear hesitation for them to run Let ten him. feet away. Yep. Yeah, so I I really liked some of that little attention to detail in there. Yeah. Dyson gets absolutely wrecked. Another person who just gets shot up a million times. Yep, yep. Another peripheral character who just gets destroyed by bullets. This is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, then, then yeah, when they have to escape, I love that when they're in the elevator and they have, they're showing one gas max and Arnold comes out and he's like, kneecap, 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 kneecap. Grabs the, the smoke grenade launcher, boom, <laughs> boom, just shoots people Yeah, with starts it. just shooting them in the <laughs> stomach with a green, uh, smoke grenade launcher. Do all that, get out of there, and then get into the car chase and he's 2000 steals in the liquid nitrogen truck which like freaking cool and then they crash into the foundry and okay you also study material science Berg. i thought maybe the liquid nitrogen was gonna hit the molten steel and get like a massive like steam explosion or something but like i don't know all that liquid nitrogen going to a place that hot i feel like there would have been more of a thing a reaction that would take place yeah, I feel like it, it, the liquid nitrogen was just ends to or means to an end. Yeah, so we get. And the cool I think it was. Yeah, it was just. I, and I think it's nice that they see you. They show you that the molten steel is melting the liquid nitrogen. Yeah, that's but, really cool. Um, yeah, I, I think it's okay that they didn't have some sort of cataclysmic, uh, hot and cold reaction. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I mean, somewhat of the first one, we get the multiple deaths of our fake out deaths, but they're really yeah. cool. Like, they are cool. Like, the liquid nitrogen dead, but... kill is great. Mm-hmm. And then, like, T-1000, or Arnold getting his arms stuck in that gear and have to, like, rip it off looked fantastic. Yep. Um, eventually getting, him getting killed and then coming back. And then, I mentioned it earlier, but, God, I could watch this scene over and over. The scene where Sarah Connor is just one-handed uh, pumping the shotgun, blast, shot, like, just yeah. all of her yeah. might reload blast and then she's one bullet short and then Arnold comes in with the grenade launcher and hasta la vista baby or actually that was earlier but then blast him yep Freaking cool. I, there was probably some <laughs> some other cringe one liner I don't remember okay hasta la vista baby Arnold is not cringe alright no 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 fine. that one's good um but I I don't uh, know did he say one he must have said something no I, I, I don't even think he did Dang, probably because he was too focused um, yeah. what was the the kill line that she said in the first one right before she hit the button? I think she was like get terminated or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, and then and the sorry the uh, was, and then the emotional payoff of the yeah. Well, first of all, why did he bring the arm and chip with him and not just set them on a canister of gasoline? <laughs> well, well, that wouldn't have worked. Remember, I mean, Arnold in the first movie that he, he got uh, destroyed I by suppose. gas truck and he, he still walked out of. It. That's when he uh, lost all his flesh. So, um, yeah, and in theory, that's all they have remaining of the Terminators: the chip and the arm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, but I, I totally forgot that he sacrificed himself because I'm like. I'm thinking, like, okay, I know the thumbs up comes out of this movie, but I'm like, it wasn't the T-1000, so I'm like, when's the thumbs up? And he's like, there's one chip left. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, I forgot. He has to <laughs> go down and sacrifice himself, which is, I mean, I think it's like, it's a great payoff. Um, Yes, it is fantastic, and it's like a super emotional payoff, too, for an action movie. You know, usually yeah. it, it doesn't hit that hard, but it was uh, super sad. Um, I think... Uh, John commanded him not to go, um, which, mm-hmm. like, he's not supposed to be able to disobey. So, yeah. uh, but I, mean, huge, I think he may be a huge plot hole, but it's fine. <laughs> I think he maybe had a vault. He mentioned earlier, like, his com- he's a learning computer. So maybe oh, yeah. it's like, I don't know. He evolved and that was, he's able to I buy that decision. But, um, but yeah, the, uh, the thumbs up, iconic. Love iconic. Absolutely iconic. And then, yeah, we get the kind of vague ending of, like, we think everything's going to be okay. Hopefully. Well, everything should be okay, but they made a lot of money, so everything was not okay. Perk, I'll tell you this right now. You never need to watch another Terminator movie ever again. So I'm not going to. Um, These are the only James Cameron-approved ones, except for the one that came out, like, The Dark Fate, which came out a couple years ago, but still, 
These are the only so, two Terminator movies as far as I'm concerned. Did you watch Dark Fate? No. Um. So, get ready, folks. I'm going to spoil a terrible movie that no one should ever see. <laughs> uh, are you aware that in the first five minutes of the movie, they uh, kill child John Connor? No. Yeah, so in like the first, like the opening scene of the movie, uh, a CGI buff Arnold, like buffer than real Arnold CGI buff, walks up with a coat and then drops the coat and it's a shotgun and just just kills a child John Connor in when they were in Nicaragua. Oh, so it's like before this movie, before Terminator 2? It's, it's before Terminator 2. So, so it's like it, an alternate timeline thing? It, well, it just literally undoes the canon. Terminator 2 is no longer canon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because John Connor is literally dead. Yeah. Um, which is okay. super not cool, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And re- we really got to stop doing this shit, you know? <laughs> Just let let great movies exist. Let them lie. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I love how this movie ends, and it's like, it seems like everything should be fine. There's Yeah, there's enough closure that it literally could have been, that's it. Yeah. But it's also, like, a time paradox. Because, like, if Skynet doesn't happen, then Kyle Reese is sent back been, in time. Yeah. And John Connor never existed. born. Yeah. You can't think about it too hard. <laughs> but it's a, it's a good action movie, and it should be appreciated. Because, yeah, it's, just, it's a great time. There's, a, there's an election episode of Futurama mm. where uh, one guy is... It, it's a Terminator parody uh he's sent back from the future which is taken over by robots so he can run and defeat the head of richard nixon in the presidential election mm-hmm. and he ends up winning and uh bender was rooting for nixon because he's a robot and bender's not even phased at the outcome and everyone's like bender why aren't you upset and he's like oh it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter who won and uh immediately upon winning the election uh the candidate disappears because he won the election and then never got sent back in time and so uh in a narrow landslide uh richard nixon (laughs) wins unopposed (laughs) yeah no time stuff is always weird i personally am a pretty big fan of how the mcu did it in endgame but I'm a, super not, but it, <laughs> that's a conversation for the right time. Yeah. <laughs> um, recommendations based on these movies. We've already watched a lot of them on the podcast, so I've, yeah, I I got nothing. I want to go a little bit different route. If you like Robert Patrick playing the T1000 and him being the villain, might I recommend the TV show Peacemaker, where he plays the villain and is incredible. Oh, really? Incredibly menacing and scary. He plays like a white supremacist really horrible dude and he's fantastic so that's our patrick he's great all right well that is our review of terminator one and two let's get in a couple bonus reviews before we end out here uh i'll go first since i have watched something you've already watched uh right let's hear it quick 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 little side thing i did also re-watch everything ever all at once uh because my friend never seen it so we watched it together and yes i did cry my eyes out for a third time um, that movie just absolutely wrecks me. Incredible. Love it. Um, and then, yeah, I watched Pinocchio, which Perk talked about last week. So, again, this is the Guillermo del Toro version, not the horrible Disney Tom Hanks one. And uh, I'll tell you what, Perk. I, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it's stop motion. Like, I couldn't believe that they built these models. Like, I yeah. know they're, they're CG, but, like... It looks so good. I cannot get over how incredible this movie looks and the fact that they built these models and, like, actually it is shot stop motion. Because, like, holy shit, dude. I know. It's it's fantastic. It's a it, yeah. it's a feat. I think it'll pretty easily sweep for uh, Best Animated Feature. I hope so. Because, my God, it's, what a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Love the, the take on the story. Um, this thing is super clever and all the voice acting is, is great. Um, great cast there. I will say, like, I don't know if it's because... I just kind of know Pinocchio. It didn't really hit me emotionally. Um, Interesting. Like, I I objectively like the movie. I especially like what they did with Geppetto and making him more of a character. Um, but the ending just didn't really hit me because it was kind of predictable um, for, like, the final thing. Not to spoil That's it. Fair. 
but I still think it should be watched by all just because, yeah, like the take they, they have on the story plus the animation is just absolutely insane. Yeah, at the at the end, I was, uh, whatever the step between welling up and bawling is, <laughs> like, like there yeah. were, there were tears, there were tangible tears, um, mm-hmm. so I, I, I suppose I, I had a different experience with it, but maybe it's because I'm so far removed from the original story, and I think that the, some of the themes they were working with really hit home, not sure why, necessarily, yeah. but, um. Yeah, I, I thought. Uh, well, I mean, I loved it, but th- th- this is your watch. Your yeah, no, it's, it's, I really liked it, and I, I cry quite easily. So I'm not sure why I did cry. Maybe it was yeah because I'm just very familiar with Pinocchio's story. Um, I think it's just because you hate movies that I cried at, mm. because this is now an extensive list of two, <laughs> with my pick for best animated feature that no one's talking about: Marcel the Shell with Shoes on. You're right. I didn't. I didn't cry in that movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. But okay. Did you cry in everything everywhere all at once? Uh no. Okay, because that I was. I'm bawling, dude. Like the third time I watched this movie. Like I know everything's gonna happen. I am bawling my eyes out. Like it just that it just destroys me. So yeah. Well, I uh, think we've conclusively scientifically proven that uh, people have different emotional reactions <laughs> to things. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Uh, <laughs> we're we're breaking big ground here. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, all to say, definitely watch Pinocchio. Uh, it's on Netflix. Check it out. Yeah, it's it's literally on Netflix. It is 150% worth your time. Such a amazing it, production. Is there any chance... I don't know if it'd be in this category. Is there any chance Avatar 2 beats it for animated? Does that count no, as animated? I, I, it might. Did, was, that, was Avatar 1 in... The, Avatar 1 wasn't in an animated category, was it? No, it wasn't. It was in... Well, okay, so there was live action in it. So maybe that's why that's Avatar true. But there will there will be there'll be live action Avatar two as well. You know what? There's humans. I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Avatar, and I I hear it's really good. But if it if it beats Pinocchio for best animated feature, I'm I'm calling the police. Okay, yeah, the first one wasn't nominated. So I, I yeah, I don't think it will. Okay. I mean, it's just it doesn't really hit that category. Yeah, it doesn't really fit. Thank God. Okay, what did you watch, Bert? I watched a movie no one's ever heard of called after sun uh which is an a24 uh production and probably the best picture of the year <laughs> but <laughs> of it course will, it is <laughs> it will certainly not show up on on any nomination lists uh it is a so that it's a small story it's about an 11 year old girl and her 31 year old young father uh, and they go on a, a holiday in Turkey for like a week, and it just follows them on their week. Um, and it's kind of interspliced with uh, a. It, it, it's framed as a memory. It's interspliced mm. with a uh, grown, similar age to her father uh, depiction of the girl in the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and. The, so I, I went into it without the, uh, background context and I, I was tearing up at the end, but if you know the background context, it is heartbreaking because Mm. there are some really interesting scenes that don't really make a lot of sense unless you know that the writer director, I'm Charlotte, Charlotte Wells. Charlotte Wells. How did you know that? You look it up? I, I pulled it up, yeah. Okay, yeah. Charlotte Wells. She's writing about uh, the last time she saw her father. Mm. And that makes it hit just so, so much harder. Mm. And it is... Oh, it's so good. It's it's so well directed. It's There's a lot of little direction uh, tidbits that almost feel like something that comes up in a memory you know like sometimes mm-hmm. you just have a memory of like not something concrete but like right. you know a coffee table with some things strewn on it right and and stuff like that and the acting is incredible um paul mescal who i'm not familiar with uh he won't probably because it's not that kind of movie but he should be in the conversation for best actor mm-hmm. um the little girl is fantastic uh, it's one of those things where she's 
an 11 or she's like a 12 year old girl playing an 11 year old girl so it's not that far out of the scope of possibility <laughs> she's great she's fantastic in the role um but what's more crazy to me is that the Paul Mescal who plays her dad he's playing a 31 year old father and he is a he's a 26 year old guy with no children yeah. And he is just so believable. Every mm. every part of this movie is just so believable. Uh it's it's crazy. Um and yeah, I, I actually I can't recommend this enough. I I obviously I haven't done like a best picture list or anything, but this is near the top for me. And I, I heard it described I think this is a great description. It's like remembering a memory that's not yours. That's what that movie feels like because it's mm. it it's a memory that has nothing to do with me because I'm not a dad I'm not a daughter like yeah. <laughs> I never went on a, on a Turkish holiday but every part of it feels so real and so uh, emotionally resonant that it oh it just <clears throat> excuse me it's it's so fantastic I can't yeah. recommend it enough uh, Jacob make sure to go out and watch it at the nearest cinema to you that it's playing at which is several states away I'm sure I was gonna say I mean, it, it must be just limited release right now right yeah I, I well I think so it it's playing at <clears throat> sorry it's playing at uh, like a, a mid-tier theater like not the indie okay. theater but not the big theaters so okay okay but yeah I, I sure hope it gets kind of a, a little bit of a push around award season because it at at a minimum, at, even if it doesn't win anything, I think it needs more eyes. Yeah, just such a great story. Well, it's it's funny bringing this up today because like so, we're at the time of the year when um, Variety on their YouTube channel is like posting the actors on actors conversations, mm-hmm. um, which I get a kick out of a lot of times. And there was one they posted today, which was uh, Paul Mescal and Joe Allen, and I'm like, I don't know how, who these guys are at all, <laughs> so I didn't watch it. But maybe now I will because uh, now you, now I know what he's from. Uh, who's who's the other guy? Do you Joe Alrin from Stars at Noon. I haven't heard of that movie. No idea. But yeah, then Paul Mescal from After Sun. Um, never heard of these guys before, so I was like, "What is this?" But that, that adds some context. Um, yeah. yeah no, that, I, I, so my big, I I love obviously a twenty four probably takes up eighty percent of my favorite movies every year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just. They're a production studio that knows how to pick the good ones, it seems like. I mean, and they have duds, but uh, my biggest gripe with them is they they don't have, like, a deal with the streaming service. Mm. So, except for some reason, planes. If you're on a United <laughs> flight, you can probably watch Marcel the Shell. But, mm-hmm. like, there are so many amazing A24 movies that I, I wish, literally, I wish A24 just had its own streaming service. I'd probably pay, like, 15, 20 bucks a month for that. Really? Is it, probably. I there's don't know. not that many movies, though. I mean, there's a good chunk. Well, there's, there's a lot, but yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's like I think seven, they should, eight bucks a month. I'm but. thinking like four or five. Oh, there, there's enough for that. Jacob, you don't understand. I would watch like, I watch The Lobster like twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I hope it. Yeah, hopefully it gets nominated for some stuff. We'll That'd be cool. I mean, it's gonna to get. It's gonna get uh, Baftas. It's mm. I think it's a BBC production, so it'll uh, it'll end up getting a little more attention across across the pond. Sure, um, and I mean the the main characters are I think canonically Scottish. Okay, so I it's <laughs> once again yeah Scottish father Scottish daughter neither of which are me but I resonated incredibly with the movie. <laughs> Love it. Um, before we end, I do just since I brought up, I do want to recommend again if it is up your alley or anyone's alley who's listening, the these actors on actors conversations that have been being posted recently. Um, I really like Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler. Uh, apparently, they've been very good friends for a long time, so it's a nice wholesome uh, conversation. Uh, Colin Farrell and Jamie Lee Curtis was incredible. Oh, cool! I I said I said it to you. I, I don't expect you to watch it, but. Directors on directors, Taylor Swift and Martin McDonough had no idea what to expect going in because, you know, it's Martin McDonough for Banshees of Inishirin and Taylor Swift for her short of All Too Well. Okay, I was going to ask. I, I, I'm unfamiliar with her. It's actually, a, it's actually a pretty good conversation. Like, okay. a lot of it is Taylor 
kind of like fangirling over Marvina because she loved Banshees and asked him a lot of questions. But he's also asked her question about her and her process. I think it's a pretty solid conversation. I, I mean, even if you're more on the Martin McDonough side, I think it's still worth checking out. Okay, I I'm, I might give it a look because I'm curious too because, I mean, uh, you know because we watched Seven Psychopaths. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not exactly iconic for his female characters, so mm. it'd be interesting to... Although, if you watch Banshees... Which, Actually, I, I heard in Banshees, yeah, that she's the, horrible. The lead actress is really, really good, and her yeah. character is actually also quite good. Um, so, I yeah, I would... Uh, I, I'd be interested to check out and see what that's all about. Yeah, his guy, he talked about his, his writing process. His process is insane to me. He He doesn't storyboard at all he literally just starts writing from he has a, a beginning in mind and then he just writes in this whatever happens happens yeah i it's it's crazy to see because there are always there's differences in people right there are people mm-hmm. who get to be where they are by non-stop hard work and grinding and mm-hmm. and doing everything like over the top everything like all at once everywhere whatever um yeah. And then there are people who just have, like, the natural gift. And both can be elite, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a good example is, like, there are method actors who are some of the best actors of all time. But then there are people who are just gifted actors and don't mm-hmm. have to put themselves through hell to get into a headspace, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Um, the other ones I watched, um, James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez. That one's more of just oh, an interview, like Robert, Robert Rodriguez interviewing James Cameron about Avatar Two. I wanted to be the other way around, man. I know, I know, but it is still it is interesting to hear James talk about the Avatar Two process because, of course, it's like insane. Um, and then the last one I've watched so far is um, directors on directors Ryan Coogler and Gina Prince uh, Blythewood, who she just directed The Woman King. Um, great conversation, absolutely phenomenal. Highly recommend that one as well. Nice. So. Yeah, it's I love this time of year and watching these. Uh, hopefully, these are all all on variety. You said? All on variety, yep. And we should be getting more from the Hollywood Reporter doing the the roundtables as well. There's only been one so far, which was the writers one, which also had Mark okay. McDonough on it. That was really good, but those are really fun too. So, yeah, if you want to learn more about acting and directing and writing and stuff, I'd recommend checking those out. No, I I choose to just always criticize and. All right, well, that is our show for this week. Next week, no homework. You don't have to watch a movie. We'll hopefully be able to record an episode um, looking back on the podcast, talk about our favorite movies that we've watched. Um, if not, we'll probably do that in the first week of January. But, um, yeah, no movies for a bit, so watch movies over break, and then we'll come back and get back on it. Yeah, watch. Uh, I mean, there's good stuff out there. I mean, Pinocchio's on Netflix. Uh, yep. Banshee's Interference on HBO Max. Yep. Uh, I mean, I think what uh knives out two is gonna be on netflix i'm gonna catch that one two weeks yep yep i I still gotta watch bardo i still really want to watch bardo (laughs) um even though it looks just odd as hell and it's three the whale should be around somewhere hopefully yeah so i i meant to tell you jake i can't record next tuesday because i'm gonna go see the whale (laughs) you're driving uh three hours to go see it no it's it's showing like real places Cause it, okay, so it came out last weekend, but mm-hmm. not in Minnesota, mm-hmm. which pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually it was showing in Indianapolis, so it was closer to you than me. Yeah, and uh, okay. that pissed me off. But uh, I think the actual actual release date is next Tuesday, so I'm gonna try and I, like I am so desperate to see that movie. Yeah, I'm so excited. I also kind of want to see Fable Fableman still. Fableman's looks good too. Um, but I mean, like the list keeps growing at this point because yeah. Avatar is out there and all that nonsense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by Paul the way, Dano I was just on Hot Ones this weekend. Fantastic. Oh, nice. I I am one hundred percent gonna go see Avatar in three D. I gotta do to, it. Right? I gotta do yeah. it for the novelty, right? Like, yeah. Come on. I'm I sure it's not even that great. Have a 3D. We have an IMAX here, but I don't know if it's an IMAX three D. <clears throat> we'll uh, we'll surely find out. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm not seeing it twice though, so I got to no, I got to shoot my shot. Uh, the first. I, uh, I mean, I maybe I'll. It's funny. I've I've only ever seen Avatar once. I saw it really in the theaters. Yeah. I oh, dude, I feel like the movie was just on TV all the time when we were growing up, like in high school. Well, see, you know what? It was on. It was on like all the movie channels, but it was on at mm-hmm. the same time that Inception was making their run on movie channels. Mm. And I think there was. <laughs> 
There was the summer after that whole, um, all those movies came out. I think I watched Inception about a dozen, maybe 15, 20 times. <laughs> I love that movie so much. That tracks. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Character defining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for watching and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.